program puck and gas from the carter volkswagen studio lunchtime with listeners uh your chance within this hour uh, to win a 25 dollars gift card to georgetown brewery but we got a special guest with lunchtime with, with listeners you know we've said this we don't we're gonna spend time on the on the phone lines with callers but we're also when we have uh, we have somebody important that calls up a big star a big star gotta be a big star to get on this lunch show with listeners yeah. and we got a big star the pride of the University of Oregon. Now your newest tied in for your Seattle Seahawks. Joining us. First time he's ever been introduced this way, and this is a career highlight for him. Joining us on the Beacon Plumbing Hotline <laughs> is new Seahawks tied in, Ed Dixon. Ed, welcome to the show. Welcome to Seattle. Hi, how you doing, guys? I'm glad, glad to be headed to Seattle. Glad to be on the radio station today. Well, we, we're happy that you're here. You, you've you gone through this once before, going from Baltimore to Carolina. Is this kind of the odd time where you've you've made the business deal, you've made the decision to come, but there's nothing really going on yet? You know, we haven't had a chance to see you yet in any kind of a practice or a workout or an OTA. Is it is it a little bit of an odd time, or, or is it just typical down off-season time where you're just chilling? Well, I mean, the Offseason kicking up now, you know, it's, it's football time now. It's so where we get down to these are the teams that, that make it far in the playoffs and, and, and have a chance because they put the time in and put the time in and there's, there's downtime. So, you know, I'm excited to, to get up to Seattle. I'm headed up this week. Um, excited to get up there and, and see the guys and get that chemistry rolling. Is you know, one of your first order of business to maybe go get some purple and gold and wear it around town, you think, so you can uh, you know, just welcome yourself into Seattle and all the Husky fans that, really, Husky fans don't have an issue with Oregon fans and vice versa. Oregon fans, uh, Ed, certainly don't have an issue with Husky fans. I don't, I don't know about that. But... <laughs> yeah, what are you, crazy? You're talking I'm, 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 in, uh, Husky, I'm in Husky territory, so you know, it's, it's respect going there, but you know, I, I believe nothing but green and gold listen listen ad as a as a washington state cougar alum i love the vitriol that that both sides have for each other i just sit like little brother i just sit back and and laugh at it all so uh my 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 uh, my horse in this race is oregon so don't worry about it i'm on oregon's side on this one (laughs) i like you already (laughs) well well, speaking of purple you wore the purple of of the ravens and you wore it for a super bowl championship team and you played in one of the strangest super bowls Mm. ever Take us back, Ed. What are your memories of the Superdome that day, and specifically when the lights went out and the and the, the you know everything that ensued afterwards and the furious comeback? What what do you remember when you think back to the day you became a part of a Super Bowl champion? Well, I remember it like it was yesterday, and just the memories with the guys—that's what you remember the most. I mean, being with the the teammates that you sacrificed the most with, you know, the blood, sweat, and tears you put out on that field, and to be able to finish on the highest stage and, and be become world champions, they'll never be able to take that away from you. 2012 world champion, Baltimore Ravens. You know, and I, and I I reached that pinnacle with the, with the Carolina Panthers. Unfortunately, we didn't finish it. Um, now moving on to further in my career, heading to Seattle. Hopefully, you know, I'm, I'm be, able one of, be able to be one of those pieces to, you know, get back to the top of that mountain with Seattle. Uh, new Seahawks tight end Ed Dixon joining us here on the Beacon Plumbing Hotline. All right, Ed, I want you to put on uh, the Mel Kuyper hair. Now, no one can ever get the Mel Kuyper hair because that <laughs> hair is glorious. Give me the uh, the Ed Dixon self-scouting report. Seahawks fans are getting what in you? 
well, just all, all around tight end. You know, they're getting a veteran leader that that's been playing for a while, knows what it takes to get to the top of the mountain. Going to come in and work his butt off to compete for the starting job. Just not going to lay down and say, "I got the job." Compete for the starting job. Going to push those other teammates to do the right things and. and not going to settle for anything less than, you know, winning the championship. I'm assuming that's one of the reasons you look to come here. Clearly, money always is a, is a factor. Playing time is a factor. But it's interesting. There's a perception by some people here that Seattle is heading into kind of a, a down year. I disagree with that perception. This is a team that last year was was a couple of field goal kicks away from being in the playoffs. Now, granted, there's a lot of personnel yeah. changes, and we never know how things are going to react out of that. But how did you view this organization from afar as you were evaluating where you wanted to go? Well, I have, I have my choices of what teams that I wanted to land on, you know. And, and again, you know, taking care of your family financially is definitely a part of it. Sure. Um, I had a choice of coming back to Carolina or you know, going to different teams, but. I've always been a fan of of what Seattle's put out over the years, you know, just from the top to the bottom, from the leadership, from the ownership to, you know, the head coach to the the leaders in that locker room. So it wasn't hard to to make that decision to come to Seattle. And to answer that question, do I think Seattle's in the rebuilding stage? No, I think they had some of the core pieces still there. They're still still contenders. Uh, They need to add more pieces. We're going to continue to add more pieces. But as long as you got pieces like Russell there, you know, pieces on defense that's still there, you still can be contenders. You know, you're not gone by far. You know, I'm I'm a big fan of what they did in the past, and I think we can we can get there. It's going to take a lot of hard work and a lot of dedication, but you know, you're doing with the right guys in that locker room. Ed, was there anything you you learned new about yourself last year with Carolina with the injury to Olsen? Was there anything that you found out about yourself in that period of time that that I don't know if it surprised you, but that moving forward will help you with with Seattle? Well, I always pride myself on being ready and being a tight end that that can do both block and catch the ball. So when when Greg went down, it it wasn't even the time of it wasn't even a period that I thought you know mm-hmm. I wasn't ready. You know, I, I prepared myself as such. You know, early in my career, you know, I started and got a chance to catch 58 catches and, you know, over 10 touchdowns, you know. So catching the ball comes naturally. But, you know, just, just to be in the opportunity to, to help this team, to help the Seattle team, you know, win games and, and be a part of the offense and being able to block for those running backs and, and Russell keeping the ball, I'm excited. I'm excited about my role. I'm going to master that role. I'm gonna come in and work my, my tail off to, you know, do whatever it takes and do my individual individual job. Seahawks tight end Ed Dixon is our guest. Uh, Ed, you, you mentioned Russell a couple of times, and he's dynamic and exciting, and 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 we just, you know, jaws drop a couple of times a game when he's back there. You've played with a couple of really interesting quarterbacks, and maybe you can compare and contrast these guys. Joe Flacco, everybody almost dismisses, oh, your system guy just takes care of game manager, and yet he's been out there and has won Super Bowl championship for you. Uh, and then Cam, uh, yep. Cam Newton is, is a guy that, that is just a lightning rod for criticism, but God, just physically is, is, is so gifted and, and has so many talents. Talk a little bit about the two quarterbacks you know really well in, in Flacco and in Cam. Yeah. Well, they're, they're two different people, and the, and the similarities in, in the two is their first competitors. You know, Flacco, he can beat you with, with his arm, and he can run a little bit as well. He's very smart and decisions that he makes in 2012 won the Super Bowl. You know, with Cam Newton, you're talking about a pure athlete. He's going to will you with his arm. He's going to will you with his feet. You know, and both both of them, you know, are leaders 
in, in their clubs. You know, so playing with both of those guys, you know, I, I can't compare and trust to the two because they're, they're totally different, but they both have a, a heart to play this game. And I would, you know, play for them any, you know, any time in my, in, in my career again, you know, but moving on to, to Russell Wilson, you know, I've always been a fan of his and he, he's reached the top of that mountain and he's hungry to get back to that top of the mountain. And he's got some similarities to both guys. You know, he can, he can beat you with, with the arm or he can beat you with his feet. You know, and he's very smart. Uh, I'm, I'm excited about getting that chemistry down with him, being able to you know throw the ball around with him one on one and pick his brain and see exactly what he's thinking on every sing- single play, you know, in that playbook. Ed, we've got an afternoon host here who has perfected and invented a game that I find to be the most uh, entertaining game in all sports radio. It's called You Can Only Have One. I'm going to give you two options, and you can only have one, Ed, right? It's a pretty simple game, A or B. Okay, And he's also a husky honk, too. So if, he ever, if you're ever on his show, there's going to be a lot of purple and gold that he's going to throw it at you. What, Ed Dixon, I'll give you two options. You can only have one. A pancake block that frees up a running back for a touchdown, or Ed Dixon down the middle of the field catching a touchdown. Oh, you, you know me. People, people know me from my career, and I'll take the pancake block over any individual stat. How about that? And there we go. That's what we needed to hear, Ed. You're officially a Seahawk. That's what we want. Now, if you tell me you don't put ketchup on a hot dog, you're going to be my new favorite tight end of all time. <laughs> I can't tell you that, but oh, and it's we, like we, yeah, we man, had a great relationship going. He's a normal guy. He puts ketchup on a hot dog once in a while. Hey, let, let me tell you this one. One thing I'll just give you because I, I I had such a long illustrious playing career in the NFL, which included zero games. Uh, one piece of advice I'll give you. After the pancake block, don't give up on the play because you may have noticed Russell tends to keep plays alive for two and three and four minutes, and he's running around, and all of a sudden, Dixon's wide open. That's got to be kind of fun, the idea from from when you're in receiving mode as a tight end to know that there is the the, the plays can last a long time with this guy. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a fan of his game, and, and seeing him prolong plays like that, you know, I'm definitely going to do my job when he, when he scrambles for it, or I'm always going to be looking to, you know, to scramble and then be open when he, when he needs me to be, you know, it's, it's the ultimate team sport for a reason. So being the type of guy that's that, that a team can rely on, you know, I just, I pride myself on being, and just excited to get get to work here pretty soon. And I love everything about it. You're an Oregon Duck that, that ruffles the feathers of people up here in, in Seattle because they're Husky fans, so that's check one that I love about you, too. Uh, the pancake block answer was excellent. Now, the only thing against you is the ketchup on a hot dog. I'm not, I, I'm not sure we could move forward in a relationship together, but that's okay. Well, this is Lunch with Listeners, Ed. <laughs> we ask all of our listeners during this hour what they're having for lunch. What did Ed, if you haven't had lunch already, maybe what what are you planning to have for lunch? What did you have for lunch today? Well, I just picked up my son from school, and he's going to go get him a lunchbox. He calls it a lunchbox, but it's a lunchable. But I already had my lunch probably about an hour ago, and it's just crispy chicken, uh, crispy chicken sandwich. Oh, from where? Where'd you get a crispy chicken sandwich from? It's, it's one of my local spots around here. It's, it's called Blackfin. So I just got a crispy chicken sandwich. I'm back on my, my, my healthy stuff. So either crispy chicken I get or grilled chicken every day or salmon around this time. Nice. That's, that's, a, that's a good solid lunch, oh, Ed. Just crispy chicken sandwich sounds wonderful. Ed, welcome to uh, Seattle. We look forward to uh, seeing you play this year, seeing you in training camp. Uh, best luck in the off season. We'll catch up with you in August. 
Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. Go Hawks. Yeah, go Hawks. Hey, there you go. He's, he's got, already learned it. Russell's told him, said, look, when you do an interview, say go Hawks. You know what if, I love? If you don't say uh, go Hawks, you're out. Th- this doesn't no. necessarily mean it's going to be a great, successful signing, but I love when you get a guy who fills a need, when he fits your financial picture, and oh, by the way, he happens to have won a Super Bowl yeah. and played in another. This guy's been in a lot of winning locker rooms, a lot of winning situations. It's it doesn't it can't necessarily be the only thing you look at when you're sure. looking at free agency, but boy, it's on my list of things that oh yeah, that makes this guy worth it. He's not going to be Jimmy Graham in terms of catching the ball down the field and doing those things. I mean, he put up a career year, you know, last year. Well, actually, second year in the league had more yards, but 437 yards last year. You know, career year from him has been 528 and five touchdowns. But what he does get back to, and again, still not to the level in terms of a pass catching tight end like Zach Miller is the dual threat, is a guy that can do both. And they just didn't have that with Jimmy Graham. Now, like I've always contended, well, that's not why he got him to block, but this is a guy who blocks. I mean, he just answered it right there. Yeah. He'd much prefer to have a key block than actually catch a touchdown pass. And that they just need that. With this offensive line, they need a tight end that can actually block. And I, I like him getting a key block and then going over and getting a hot dog and putting some ketchup on oh, it. That, that's maybe having a Maybe having a cigar and then coming back out on the field and Russell's <laughs> still scrambling around. Uh, uh, improvising, and hey, look, Ed's, oh, shoot, let's throw it to Ed. He's wide open. When we asked him what he was having for lunch, he said the crispy chicken sandwich. Did he try to throw him that was healthy? Yeah, yeah, he did. Well, I mean, I asked him about the lights going out the Super Bowl, and he went right into, well, it was just an honor to be with you. I'm like, what the hell kind There's of? There's no crispy chicken sandwich isn't healthy. Yeah, Maybe uh, he was just like, that was my cheat day. Look, it is if you're if, if you're him. I mean, look, if we have a health, if, if they come in and start measuring body fat and all that. Yeah. I, I think I know who the, among us is going to win that, that. Oh, probably. Yeah. All right, lunch with listeners. Your chance to uh, win $25 to Georgetown Brewery, 286-9595, And the the question, we had this in the first hour. We were talking about Ichiro. Uh, there's a decision. Cruz is going to come back on Friday. They likely will send a pitcher down when he comes back to make uh, a, a spot on the roster for him. Ben Gamble is expected to ha- come back this weekend. Friday, they think. I think it's hat day on Friday, too, for him. But Saturday or Sunday, he's going to come back. They need they need a roster spot. Uh, I don't know. Normal teams don't carry five outfielders. If they go with an outfielder, which they probably should be the decision between uh, Guillermo Heredia or Ichiro, which one, do you, which one should they move on from? Who do you want the Mariners to, to move on? And Heredia are not cutting him. You would just send him down to Tacoma. But who would you choose, I guess, to stay on the 25-man roster? Ichiro or Heredia, 286-9595, Or can you make the third choice saying, I think they will keep five and get rid of a pitcher, which doesn't seem plausible, right? but but possible. True. It, yeah, it's there, there is there is another way you could go about it, but the most likely situation would be to get rid of one of the <laughs> outfielders. The thing that the interesting thing that steps up into this, this equation, too, is May 4th through the 6th, they have the Angels here at home. Mm-hmm. I know you don't. I, I just there's no way they're going to not have Ichiro on this team when the Angels come to town. There's just no way. Well, I, I, but why? Because Otani's going to be here. So he, they want Otani and Ichiro to be on the field at the same time. I'm convinced. Well, who the Mariners? Yes. Why would they care? Because they do. Why is he on the side of the of the stadium? Well, because he's on your team right he's now, and he's out- one of the more famous yes. guys you've ever had on your roster. He's also a fifth outfielder who doesn't really deserve to be up here, and he's on the side of the stadium. Yeah, but I mean, you're gonna, you know, look, you're not bringing him back to not market him. Sure, but but I mean, I don't think again. I just I find yeah. maybe I'm maybe I'm completely on an island on this, along with my lamplighters. But 
I find it hard to believe they're sitting around going, well, we'd like to make a move, but boy, Otani's coming here in a couple of weeks, and who knows if he'll be healthier or what's going on, but we better have each row. I just don't think that's going to be a factor. But they, there are business people up there, and right. a bottom line, do you think more people would be willing, in their opinion, to come to that series if they could see Ichiro and the eyeballs that would be on that game to see the two, perhaps, greatest, one, the greatest position player to ever play the game in Ichiro with maybe the greatest play that's ever come out of Japan, that they're not factoring that in at all? At all? I, 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 don't, I don't know. I, I, a, they're going to have no trouble selling tickets for Otani anyway. To, 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 and and be no, I, I just don't think, I mean, look, if... I, I no, I don't think so. I don't think that's part of your planning in terms of your future of what you're going to do with Ichiro to say, well, we got to wait till after Otani comes because you don't know. Maybe Otani gets hurt. Maybe you know, there's a million things that can happen. You can't really plan your roster around what might happen in three weeks. All right, Ichiro or Heredia, which ones would stay on the 25 man roster? Two eight six nine five nine five one eight hundred eight two nine zero nine five zero. Gift card to Georgetown Brewery. We start with uh, Brad. All right, Brad, what's for lunch today? I'm having uh, leftover uh, enchiladas, and they're it's a white it's a white sauce with uh, green chilies and shredded chicken. Oh boy! Uh, and, and like the caller said yesterday, it's that better the great. second day because it forms and molds. Yeah, yeah, with, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like lasagna. It's so. like that. Lasagna's like that. Enchiladas are like that, and uh, chili is like that too. Yeah, it's absolutely better the second day for sure. All right, what do you think? What do you think the? I guess it's a two part question. What do you think the Mariners right. will do? What should they do? But if it was your choice, you were Jerry Depoto, Ichiro or Heredia. Well, I'm okay. So here's what I'm saying. I I I like the the when you said get rid of a pitcher. So maybe you should just cut Felix. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> actually, I don't think they should do that. Actually, her, I I I would send down Heredia because Ichiro's already proved that his defense is as good, if not better, in in. And while he's played this season with that, that's the best catch of the season so far in Major League yeah, Baseball. Well, okay, that was one catch, and, but you, I mean, he has been replaced and, in multiple games because for Heredia for defensive purposes. Well, and the other thing is too they're they're not they're not getting rid of him. I mean, they didn't sign him to cut him. I I, I just mm-hmm. I I don't see it happening. And whether unless I think I think Ichiro walks away on his own, if anything, or a mutual agreement or something. But it's going to be behind closed doors. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Brad. So he's on your side. He thinks he's staying, but yeah, for different reasons. You he, think it's it's purely a marketing ploy. He says, "Hey, he's still playing well," which I, you know, he's playing. A, you know. I think it. I don't think it's the whole pie because mm-hmm. uh, nothing is the whole pie. But I don't know. I I think what I think it's part of it. I think I think it is. I just I mm-hmm. and maybe I maybe I'm completely wrong. Well, and, you're not alone. No, there's a lot I, of people that I, think. I, that. I think that you know I, that's why I just I just think this weekend I'm very curious to see what they do with this. But they do have options. They could bring both Cruz and Gamble could both come back. Mm-hmm. Definitely a pitch. A reliever is going down. They could send Motter down. But again, you're carrying five outfields. I, my whole point has just been teams just don't carry five of those guys. Mm, right, right. I will see. Ryan's in Everett. Ryan, what's for lunch today? Well, I, I'm a 38 year old man who had an elementary schooler's lunch, so I had peanut butter and jelly today. That's good. You don't have to apologize for a PBJ sandwich. You know how many times I go PB and J and gold, goldfish and, and apple slices for lunch? Are you kidding me? That's a go-to. Apple sauce and a uh, string cheese to go with it. Oh, I Pretty love good. apple sauce and a string cheese. All right, Ryan, you're uh, you're Jerry Depoto, Heredia or Ichiro. I think they have. I think they will go Heredia, and they have to go Heredia because the otherwise it's. Another embarrassment, I think, for the franchise. The fourth, you don't need you don't need a fifth outfielder when the four you have are so versatile to play all three positions. And I think bringing Nitro back is a mistake. And 
I think if they keep him around with five outfielders, that's that's an embarrassment. I hope they sign move on from him. So it's an embarrassment, if, and according to Ryan, it's an embarrassment if they keep him around this past week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I mean, I just think that it's just going to whether people agree with it or not. It just leads to people the the thought that this they just aren't serious about winning. It it makes you you know, the whole the whole thing from day one. It makes you wonder what what was the what was the thinking? You know, you bring him back. That's why I think they must have had a conversation about this because they had to address all the realistic possibilities of this, including. You know, they could do the math and go, look, we're, we're only going to need you for a certain amount of time. And maybe they've already had that discussion, or maybe not. Maybe you're right. Maybe this is a play, hey, we're going to keep this guy around, and and, and as long as – and because we would have to say the only dramatic difference stat-wise different stat between him and Heredi is the age. Everything else is kind of the same. Yeah, I mean, only you know, only his on base being a little bit better, but, yeah, the age. One's 27, one's 44, one's more athletic, one – I think the thing with Heredi, I think most people could, it's not a debate, would be you have more of a future with Heredi as a fourth outfielder than Etro. Yeah, right, right. That, that's, and, and that's what I think will be the determining factor on this. We'll see. I, I'm, I am curious about that series. And, you know, again, it's coming up. It's not like it's, you know, months away. I mean, it's right around the corner. It's May 4th through the 6th. The Angels come to Safeco Field. It will be hysteria with Otani being here. Uh, but I think it's got to be factored in a little bit that they would want to see that every. It's not the Mariners. Doesn't baseball want to see that? It'd be a fun thing. There's no doubt. Otani and each other on the yeah. field together, facing each other. Otani striking him out on three pitches and then hitting a ball 900 miles over CenturyLink Field. That would be the the ultimate thing. Would be and I don't know. He you know his schedule of of <laughs> his pitching days yet. But if Otani does pitch. Yeah, everybody <laughs> in baseball wants to see Otani pitch to Ichiro. I'm telling you, Otani strikes out Ichiro and then hits a home run, and Depoto will stuff himself in a blender. We won't. <laughs> we won't the see end of it. We won't see him anymore. You know, they take people <laughs> over to like the Yakima River and they go away. <laughs> yeah, that's, <right. laughs> that's where Jerry's going. Now back to Puck and the Gas Man on your home for Seattle's best NFL draft coverage. Sports Radio 950 KJR. All right, putting the finishing touch of the old radio program, the uh, Mayor of Maple Valley. He's in the uh, he's in the uh, bullpen right now, warming up, heating up, heating up, ready to go. Pretty excited. He was in the sports pit like everybody else. This is the beauty of working ten to one. We never have to be in these meetings. There was Boy. a big old sales meeting going on. Some whiteboard that looked at, looked like something out of a beautiful mind with Russell Crowe stuff written all over it. And this is every week they do this. I, every other week, I don't know, but we Ooh, get to boy. avoid it, gas. Wow. We get to avoid all of this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, how about a uh, how about an update on the daily fantastic uh, gas man poll at two oh six? Where we got the daily fantastic gas man poll? Because Puck, who and if you've noticed, Puck's kind of been mailing it in the last hour oh, yeah. or so because he's on his way out of town for a few days. And our poll question at gasman two oh six on Twitter, and you can still vote. It's I, I think we can call it almost though the electorate has spoken. Which okay. member of La Familia Puck? will have the biggest meltdown during their Arizona vacation. Will it be mom, dad, sister, brother? Who's going to melt down the worst? 36% now saying puck. <laughs> kind of a runaway winner, really. The 23% say beast mode, your 8-year-old daughter. 22% say the vampire, your 4-year-old son. Only 19% taking Mrs. Puck. 
recognizing that she clearly is the is the stabilizing influence in that well, family. Well, she'll be hopped up on Pinot Gris, so she'll be kind of in that easy, slow... Is that slow, what she'll be? Yeah, she'll just get kind of a, a Pinot Gris, five-day Scottsdale comatose, so she'll be okay. Telling you, it's it's the vampire. The, the va- It's just... The meltdowns on the plane. Uh, I hate traveling with kids. It's just it's the yeah. worst. But that's fine. Every parent's got to go through it. The battle of the iPads today on the plane will be the highlight of, of my trip down there. Yeah, you know one of the she's that, watching something. I want to watch that. You, you know one of the things I hate about about people who travel with kids are the people that are kind of <laughs> rude to them. Because it's like, look, man, this wasn't necessarily oh. their idea of a oh, fun sure. day. Yeah, right. Like and, you, people got to be a little sympathetic when the kid's crying. Like you, you don't want the kid to cry to make everybody else's life miserable. Yeah. You think you feel bad. The parent feels worse. There, there was a there was a flight one night coming from. I was coming home from Indianapolis, and we went through Chicago, and then coming out to Seattle. And uh, and we, we and it's a bumpy night. It's stormy, and we're bouncing around. It's, gonna, it's one of those nights where they get on the, the pilot gets on. And goes, it's going to be seven hours and twenty two minutes until we land. Like, Jesus, you got to be kidding me. There's going to be no beverage card on and, the flight. And and I'm sitting on an aisle, and there's a there's a kid next to me, and a dad next to him, and then across the way is mom and the other kid. And I'm kind of in the middle of this family, and the dad says to me, as they're coming, he says, "Hey, he goes, my son's autistic." And I go, oh, "Okay, not, not no problem." He goes, "I just want to let you know it, you know." Sure. Maybe things are going to go great. Maybe they're not. Right. That, that's, that's Just giving you a heads up. That's good. And the kid was really pretty good. He was restless. Yeah. He was fidgety. And then he got worse and he got worse. And I shouldn't say worse, but just a, he was more a kid than anything. Yeah. Just just irritated and nervous about the plane bouncing around and talking loud. And and he was kicking the seat in front of him a little bit. And finally the guy in front gets up and goes, hey, like he's going to fight this guy. And I'm like, sit down, dude. You know, I, mean, I didn't get up, but I'm like, come on. And so everybody finally calms down well it's been nerve-wracking it's taken them forever to get the drink cart back to us i mean forever <laughs> and it led to my favorite conversation oh. i ever had with a flight attendant because she saw what was going on and saw that i was actually being a very nice person you which got is, a free drink which is rare i did better than that oh. she stops and she looks at me she goes uh how about a cocktail and i go how about a double she goes how about i'm buying Oh yes, indeed, you are, and and yes, yes, yes. And we got an open seat up in one uh, A. That would have been the only thing. But, but you know, this kid, they were fine, but they were kids on a plane, and you know, oh, you, could, but you just want first class because well, first yeah, class. I love that, yeah, and I, and I would have abandoned them; they'd have been on their own. I was back love in row nineteen down here, but I'm up on the on the curtain side. I was trying to be the peacemaker back there and keep everybody entertained, but I'd have, I'd have abandoned ship the first thought that i got of moving up we gas we touched on this uh earlier in case you missed it the seattle hockey partners david bonham and jerry bruckheimer gonna have a press conference uh, tomorrow 10 30 at the glass house at uh, chihuly chihuly garden and glass right up here in uh it's right up here by key arena by seattle center uh well they were introduced a new team president we speculated the worst kept secret in seattle sports is that it's going to be i would most likely going to be todd lie who used to run the seahawks used to run the sounders He'll be introduced tomorrow as, as uh, team president. So great news on the NHL front. If that's if, the hire, whoever they hire, it'll be interesting. If it's him, it, it's we, we it'll get a bunch of thumbs ups from around thumbs up from around Seattle. Well, when he is introduced tomorrow as a team president, now he is going to be the team president for the NHL team. I wonder he may or may not field any questions about the NBA. Certainly, the OVG group as always has been fielded questions about about that. It was interesting news off the court yesterday in the NBA, and of course the the pursuit of a franchise here in Seattle. With the NBA playoffs, they're starting well, they're right around the corner. Regular season ends tomorrow. Nuggets, Timberwolves being the one game you want to watch because the winner is going to get the eighth seed there in the playoffs. 
Uh, I was reading an article or some series of tweets from Chris Mannix. He used to work at Sports Illustrated. Now he works at Yahoo Sports covering the NBA. So there's been this ongoing, uh, not legal battle, but ownership struggle battle in Memphis, the Grizzlies. There's there's three guys there, and uh, they've tried to – Robert Para, Para, I believe is his, his name, has been – you know, kind of in an ownership struggle with the two other minority partners. There was a thought that one of the other minority partners was going to step up and take full uh, majority ownership of the Grizzlies. Uh, but Michael Perry yesterday announcing he is going to remain the majority owner for the Memphis Grizzlies. He sent out a big press release yesterday announcing that and said in there, you know, some I always read between the lines, it's our intent to keep the team in Memphis. What Chris Mannix wrote that caught my eye was, Hey, this is kind of some significant news. He says their intent is to keep the team in Memphis because there has been growing speculation and chatter around the league that the Memphis Grizzlies could find their way in Seattle when a new arena opens up in 2020. Uh, not in 2020 because their lease, I think, goes through 2021. But eventually the Grizzlies could, there has been chatter, relocate uh, to Seattle. And so, again, as you kind of watch all these things develop, uh, that will be an interesting team to follow. I do warn you, their lease is pretty. It's ironclad right now. You'd have to wait until after that season. And they even have some escalator clauses in there mm-hmm. to where you've got to pay a punishment or pay a fee to break the lease that really, once you get past 21, uh, there's a certain amount that you have to pay. I think in 21, it's $50 million, then goes down each year to then in 2000 or 2027 to get out of it. It's $8 million, mm-hmm. which is nothing. But So keep an eye on the Memphis Grizzlies. Well, how do you feel if you're? And there's there's a there's more than a handful. There's people up in Vancouver who are still irritated about all this. How do you feel if they move back to Seattle? If you're Vancouver, yeah, I, I mean, know. you know, that's t- tough luck, man. We've all been down the same road. Maybe it's Not, a regional team, and so they they adopt it because it's a regional team. Tell me I if the know. if they put a team in Vancouver called the SuperSonics, no. we're going to adopt them as they're going to probably be pissed. not. I mean, I guess we you know we're going to get our own NHL team, but I think a lot of people down here adopt the Canucks. Right, yeah, a lot but, of people up there and, adopt the Mares, but it's not the same thing because that, that yeah. team was taken out. And they got screwed, not quite as bad as Seattle because they didn't have 40 years of history, but they basically the NBA did not give that any kind of a chance up there, and they just decided that's a hockey town. They're not coming to basketball, and so they moved into Memphis. It, it, you know, the interesting thing is if we started building a basketball arena today, it's not going to be ready till 2021 anyway. Yeah, well, yeah, so the inaugural, well, yeah, the inaugural season, at least for the NHL, is what, 2020, right? That's when they want to play in 2020 for the NHL team. So, yeah, I mean, their lease expires again, is done after the 2020-2021 season. But, again, it's once they get out of it, you know, the the payments, I think, to that are like $55 million. But even $55 million to break a lease, I think, for an owner who's a billionaire is, I mean, yeah, it's not just a, a chump change, but I think you're paying that to get an NBA team. Mm-hmm. But there's also this thing locally they did they did an amazing thing to the people down in memphis is that locally they put a lot of language clauses in the contract to actually have the grizzlies remain in memphis Mm -hmm. that you have to offer it to a local group who can come in and purchase the team even these two minority owners have a right to repurchase the team uh, for not the amount that's even valued at right now you know the grizzlies Listen, it's been a disappointing franchise there. They've been a highly, they've been good on the court. They've been successful. Terrible in attendance. Mm-hmm. Terrible. Yeah. They're worth, according to Forbes right now, one point four billion. Really? One point three to one point four billion dollars. 
Kind that of had, franchise. I had no idea NBA teams were up to that level. Is that right? Well, yeah, the Clippers. I mean, where the Clippers went for two. That's right. That's right. That's just because think about that. Steve kind of changed that conversation yeah. when he went out and got him. And yeah. So he purchased the team for three hundred and seventy. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know. I, I, a lot of people around the league have always looked at that team and circled that team because it just for even being good on the court just hasn't worked there. And when people say, you know, one of the things that we used to talk about up up here when this conversation would come up, and I'm sure you have too, if you go, geez, you know, we know what it's like to lose a team. You know, wouldn't you rather get an expansion yeah. team? And I'm like, you know what? There's only two teams I'd feel bad about, Portland and Dallas, because they're the only two that voted against Seattle moving. Everybody else was like, yeah, move them. So I don't give a rip about any team. If, 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 if that's what it takes to get a team back here, I don't care one ounce because they had their chance to step up and do the right thing as a franchise and didn't. So, and I did say, look, it's it's not an indictment of the fans, but but you know, at the end of the oh, day, it right. was it was the Blazers. And, and I'll tell you what, in the Blazers, back to where we started this segment, the Blazers voted against it mainly because Todd Lywicki was going to have to cast the vote because he was the CEO of the Blazers at the time too, and he told I know that he told Paul Allen, I am not going in there. And voting in favor of this, I'm the I, I'm the CEO of the Seahawks. I cannot vote in favor of the basketball. I remember team being leaving. in Manhattan, down downtown Manhattan, for the NBA Board of Governors meeting, and I was the I just came around the corner. I don't know what I was doing, bumming a smoke, and and <laughs> around comes the corners. Peter McLaughlin. Uh-huh. He literally, I don't know how long he'd been with the team. Yeah, not very long. And he was going in there to to vote and talk, mm-hmm. and I I was so lucky enough, right place, right time to grab. No mm-hmm. one else got him, mm-hmm. and because everyone wanted to know what's Paul going to do. Right, and I said, listen, I mean, people in Seattle wanted what's Paul going to do, and he's like, he kind of laughed. He's like, honestly, what what do you? Th-? He's like, right, right, yes, we're voting for them to come to Seattle, yeah, or you know, or, or, or to not keep him in Sacramento. Right, where the vote went down. So that was an obvious one there, but uh, yeah, interesting. Just watch that story kind of unfold here in the next months and. And uh, years. All right. We need to give away our $50 gift card to John Howie Steak. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brad Adam joins us every single week, 11 o'clock on Tuesdays, thanks to John Howie Steak. He says something so massively intelligent and entertaining. And then we ask you at 1230, what was it that he said in that appearance at 11 o'clock? The first, uh, let's see, we'll say the ninth caller, the ninth caller to come up with the correct answer uh, will win the $50 gift card to John Howie Steak. So th- it's this. Besides playing basketball on his off day I know, I know, I in know, Minneapolis, I know. what else did Brad do on his off day in Minneapolis besides playing basketball? The ninth caller with the correct answer wins a $50 gift card to John Howie State. Now back to Puck and the Gas Man on your home for Seattle's best NFL draft coverage. Sports Radio 950, KJR. There he is, the mayor of Maple Valley. He's got his red 950 KJR Cutter and Buck uh, pull yes. up on. All about Cutter and Buck. Jacket on. He's got slacks on. Uh, slacks means you're doing TV. The hair's made up. You're doing TV today. Or you already did TV. No, I got to do it later. You got to do it later. I'm going to shave later. You pretty excited for TV? Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Who's out? Who's that? Let me guess. Michelle's out on another vacation? No. Well, I don't know. Comp day. You know what? It's just. It's she has more vacation. Yeah, the history of anyone yeah. that's worked in it's very softy like. Uh yeah, it's very soft. Softy get a lot of breaks. Come on, 
Yeah. A lot of Does breaks. he take them? See, I know Softy yeah, long enough. Them. I know Softy long enough. I remember the days when he didn't want to take vacations because no. it would get him away no, from the show. Yes, yeah, you're gonna get you're gonna get your guy started here. But what he'll do is he's oh, on he, vacation, but he tweets. But yeah, he's still doing right. the show. Yeah. He's still doing. He's doing. Shows. He's doing Softy polls. He's doing. You can only have one. He's I think, doing all of that. I think the next thing he's gonna do is Periscope. Are going to periscope he's the whole thing? That now. Is he now? Is periscope his new thing now? <laughs> oh, the big thing today. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so we were, we were discussing this before we came on the yeah. uh, the, the the hockey the, the hockey tradition that Gas just brought up and leaving. Explain leaving the sticks. Basically, out. just leave the stick out for the kids in case they need it. The kids yeah. that died in the crash. And, yeah. And so huh. everyone, it's kind of just pay, it's basically a way to pay, pay tribute to the humble uh, Broncos and the kids that died. Yeah. And uh, and they're leaving a stick out. So people are taking pictures all across North America of mm. here's my stick. It's on the porch, you know, and sticks out for Humboldt, I think is a hashtag. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that. so, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, that's very cool. I talked to, uh, I was, I was texting with a friend of mine who I rode the bus with, who, you know, 25 years later, you know, he played for the Thunderbirds when he was a 16, 17 year old. He was a young guy, played for the Canucks for a little bit. Uh, a guy named Lloyd Shaw, uh, works for Surf Pro now and, and, uh, coaches locally. His son plays. Uh, Bantam AAA, which is or Bantam Midget, he's but he played back in Regina this year. Sent his kid off, and he's you know his next step would be Tier Two Humboldt or even the WHL. Mm-hmm. One of his teammates from the Regina Pat Canadians was called up to Humboldt uh, and passed away. He was one of the kids that was that died. Mm-hmm. So I was texting with Lloyd yesterday, and because I knew, and this is this is kind of the whole point yesterday. We're all if you're involved in that community at all in any way, shape, or form, at some point you're going to have a connection to that crash. And I, I, I was thinking for a while, I don't really have a connection now. I do. I mean, everyone has a connection. I know Lloyd's going back there with his family. Um, it's just it's it's watching that community rally together has been pretty remarkable. And I say that community, that hockey community, and we got big hockey news yep. tomorrow. Yeah, uh, I think I think as a community and as a, as a as a city, we're going to find out what hockey really is all about in terms of the athletes and those involved. It's a it's a different and a special sport in a lot of ways. Uh, I got to pass. Uh, Marcus Boyd was our winner of our John Howie fifty dollars nice. uh, gift card. What was the question? Uh, uh, what it Brad was, said it was what, smart. What was Brad doing besides playing basketball on his off day in Minneapolis? Yeah. What was Brad Adam doing on his off day? Well, I, don't, I, I, I was he meeting. was he was drinking beer and throwing axes. They've got an axe throwing place in oh, Minnesota. I saw tease on that. On but here's sports, the best yeah. thing about it. They don't serve it there. It's BYOB. You bring your own beer to the place, and they let you throw axes. Well, yeah, you've been back there enough times. I mean, it's like the, they... they well, I've never been to a place where no, I can but, bring but, my own beer and throw axes. No, but, the, like, all the, you know, all food trucks everywhere, breweries, breweries are popping up left, right, and yeah. sideways, yeah. and, I mean... That's it's, awesome, though. Can you imagine? I'm not Brad, sure about axe throwing in a beers, though. That's, I think it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. I mean, especially, eventually. <laughs> especially after, like, six guys to almost, you know, the, like, guys... Here, blowing I'll out knees and the killer. Put an apple on my head. Take a shot. At it. Do you think it's going to be on tomorrow when they announce the new president at ten thirty? When it's Lenny Wilkins? <laughs> well, listen. I don't know where you're getting your information from. Wally Walker. Uh, uh, Wally Walker, not Lenny. He sa- and he stands up and he goes, "Screw this NHL thing. We're bringing the NBA." <laughs> How about when they announce that the team's going to be called the Puck Stuffers? That's that's my eye. And, and what do you think of the Lamplighters? With a lighthouse motif, the lamp lighters, because you light the lamp when you Wait, score. That's the bar in Portland. There's one, but there's one in Greenwood too. You know, doing a crosstalk you, with a couple of cougars is weary. Be honest. What do you think of the lamp? I don't like it. But isn't the, the, another it? guy doesn't like it? Again. Yeah, well, yeah, it's a great <laughs> name. Wasn't that the bar we went to with all the Blazer PR guys after uh, Blazer See, games? Here's uh, hung far low. Can I? No. <laughs> Can I just say the that when... Far Low is a great bar in Old Chinatown in Portland. Uh, can I it say, weird at night. when you bring up the name Lamplighters and each of my cougar cohorts are going, hey, isn't that a bar and such and oh, such? Yeah. Two different bars, by the way. Trying to have a normal conversation with you guys is just exhausting. What are you like saying? Like a cocktail. 
I'm saying you say something. Hey, wait a minute. There's a bar named that somewhere. Are you saying we have an issue? I've been drunk off my ass at a bar called the Lamplighter once. <laughs> are you are you pot calling kettle black guy that rolls in here yesterday going God? Yesterday flat, I didn't roll in here yesterday like that. I was I did. I I never. You won't find a quote of me saying that at all. You're stuffing quotes into my mouth. All right, we got hockey. So press conference tomorrow. I'm sure you'll talk about that. Todd Lightwicky. I would assume is going to be the guy. Mm, that's that'd be stunning if it was not. Okay. Uh, yeah. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Got John Wilner on the show. Uh, John Wilner tomorrow. We're oh, tomorrow. Tomorrow. Uh, we're going to talk to uh, Corey Brock. Oh, nice from the Athletic. Big bad Corey from the Athletic is going to join us talking about uh, new Mariners pitcher Taylor Modder. Uh, we'll break nice. that down. Yeah, Steve and uh, talk about that. And then uh, Dennis Bayak from Winnipeg is going to join us talking about the NHL playoff preview. Sounders Weekly tonight, 7 to 8 o'clock, Jackson Feltz. Right here on 950K, George. I heard you well. the special guest. Uh, I am the special guest, yes. Garth Logaway. Uh, Garth Logaway, the special guest tonight. Gas will be uh, sitting in here for the next three days. I'm going to be in Arizona golfing and drinking. So have fun with the gas, man. See you Monday. No shirt. No shoes, no ties. Anybody like to smoke some pot? I was born to love you. I was born to lick your face. I was born to rub you. But you were born to rub me first. What do you need my address for? We'd like to send out a mailer. Mother of mercy, I don't speak Japanese! <laughs>